Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. Are y'all ready? Man, we're going to look at some things in this series like you've never seen. And I brought a chain in because I was trying to be dignified. Okay? Chain. And this chain will work. But you know what? I changed my mind. We're not going to be dignified. Because chains can be really oppressive. And so here's, here's chains right here that I decided to chain to. Chains. Now, this sucker's heavy. Let me say something about chains. Chains will hold you back. Chains will bind you. Chains will stop you from doing the will of God. How many of you know that? And, and there's, there's many different types of chains. Now, guess what? My arm's getting tired. It's starting to hurt. Now, listen to me. Listen to me. My arm is beginning to hurt. And so it's getting sick. It's got pain in it. So pray for me. Let's pray, pray for this arm. The problem is not the arm. The problem is the chain. When you get rid of the chain, you'll be healed. Unforgiveness, bitterness, strife are chains. This thing, notice my arm's just starting to drift down. Chains will bind you. Chains will hold you back. Chains will make you sick. See, I'm, I'm, I'm losing it. I'm losing the battle. I'm losing the battle. I'm starting to prop now because they're heavy. You weren't meant to carry heavy chains. The Bible says to lay aside the weights that so easily uh, uh, beset us or hold us back. Lay aside those weights. This is heavy. I'm going to change arms now just to carry this. We'll come back to it, maybe. I didn't want to get my hands dirty. No. So who, do, who needs sermon notes? Anybody? Everybody? Two, three, seven, nine. I'm going to try to keep it together today. It's just, whoo. When you start looking at this subject, it is, it is overwhelming that God wants us free. How many of you know the children of Israel came out of Egypt? Anybody ever heard that story? Go watch the Ten Commandments. Maybe it's on Netflix, I don't know, or Netflix. And, you know, the Ten Commandments, they came out of Egypt. Egypt is the world. The world will make you a slave. Slaves get chained up. Chained up. Slaves have to do what the master says. Servants have a little more of a relationship. Sons and daughters have a better relationship. And then as you grow and mature, not only are you son and daughter, but you're a friend of God. Ooh. That's what I'm trying to get to. That's why I was trying to show that young man. I'm my mother's son, but I'm also her friend. She confides in me, and I confide in her. When I was 12, she didn't confide in me. I couldn't handle it. Well, God wants you to have the blessing, but are you able to handle it? The children of Israel came out of Egypt. They were supposed to go right into the promised land and take that land, but they were still chained. And here, 
They'd had no more physical chains on them. They had chains up here. We can't do it. We can't do it. We're slaves. We can't do it. We can't do it. How many of you know the next generation, when they did go into the promised land, they had to go take it? Are you taking it? Because here's another thing. Did you know all the promised land, they, they still don't have it? They never stepped into it. They stopped. Tim, we have just fought the battle of Jericho. I know it's been given to your family. Can I live with you? Can I just live in your backyard, in your hut? I know I was promised that land over there with the Hittites and the Jebusites are living and the Parasites. Y'all are not listening. God wants to get rid of all the ites. But you know what? I just want to stay with you because it's comfortable here. Comfort can be a chain. Come on. I'm preaching better than you listening. Because you can get comfortable where you're at and just... Now, you know, up here, the water rolls downhill. In Louisiana, it's flat. You don't drink water that's been sitting there for a while. I have drank out of creeks in Louisiana, but the water be running and not be sitting still because it's stagnant and it stinks and it will make you sick. You cannot be stagnant with God. We got to push forward. We got to push forward. We're always marching forward. When we sit still, that's where we, get to, we start getting bound up. We fall away. We get tired. I'm just going to live in Tim's backyard and live on his faith. No. You're called to live by your faith in God. Amen? Amen. Who's ready? Yeah. Let, me, let me address something else. Commercial break. You know, there's some crazy stuff going on in the body of Christ. People forgetting who they are and know who they are. And, and you know, I, I, I was reminded of something. How can a loving God send somebody to hell? Isn't that people like, well, if God's love, how can he send somebody to hell? But if you reject a loving God, where else would you go? You can't live with him if you reject him. If you reject the love of God, what else? What, there is no other salvation. There is no other way. And God's just. Did you hear about so-and-so? I can't believe uh, Tim and Rita did all that. Well, I don't know the whole story. But God's just. He knows the thought and the intent of the heart. He knows who he has talked to, and you don't. He talks to people who die on their deathbed. He asks them to repent. You don't know if they repented or not. You judge them by their life, their fruit. But God judges the heart, and we don't know. God knows all sides, and God's just. And if they didn't accept him, it's not because they didn't have an opportunity. Got to remember that. God gives us opportunities. He reveals himself to people. And he wants to reveal himself through you to people. How you live your life. Let's go back to what I told the youth, but I'm talking to us now. How we live our life should reveal God. Amen? Yes. All right, all right. Just remember, if you reject the love of God, there is no other salvation. There is no other way. Matter of fact, people are miserable. Let me say this, too, for the commercials. Got, you know, you got two minutes or one minute and 30 seconds. You can love people and not love God. 
But if you say you love God, you have to love people. Okay? Okay, just let that sit there for a minute. If you're not loving people, then maybe you don't, maybe you don't love God. That, there's some things that we can look at in our lives in a, that are mirror from the Word. So let's go to number one. We are no longer slaves to sin. So let's read some Scripture. Romans 5, 20. They're going to put it on the screen up there, and we're going to read. Moreover, the law, that's the Ten Commandments. Moreover, the Ten Commandments entered that we... Uh, that the offense might abound. What the law came to do was to prove that we, could, were not, we couldn't keep it and that we needed a Savior. And you know what the, the Ten Commandments tell me today? That I still need a Savior because I still miss it. But, but glory to God, look here. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Thank God for grace. Everybody say, thank God for grace. Now, grace doesn't make it easier. Okay. Because in the, in, in, in the, uh, I've never cheated on my wife. I'm pretty good. But grace says, have you thought about it? Uh-oh. Jesus said, if you've even thought about it, that's grace. Clean it up. Repent from it. Break it off. Up here. My, my pastor used to tell a story about this man. He he planned on robbing a bank. He had the plans to the bank and everything, and he planned it every night. He's planned on robbing the bank for 20 years. He never robbed the bank, but in his heart and his mind he did because he planned it and planned it and planned it and planned it and dreamed of it. How I many of you know that you can, you're supposed to use your, your imagination for God, yeah. not for sin? Yeah. So let's go to 21. So that as sin reigned in death, even so, grace may reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Come on. We're reigning. Not R-A-I-N-I-N-G, but R-E-I-G. We reign. You reign a horse. We're supposed to reign life. We're supposed to reign in life. We're supposed to hold the reins to our life. Okay, I know that's deep. Get control of your life. In Romans 6, 1, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Just because there's grace, we don't want to keep sinning. Grace is the power to quit sinning. Grace is the power to overcome. So if you read, so, so what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that power may abound? Power? Grace is power. You got the power of God. To what? To stop sinning. To break the chains. And as we go through this series, we're going to be, you know, knocking on some things. And you don't have to go, oh, that's me. Yeah, you need to do it in your heart. Amen? Because we all have chains. We all have things. Look, verse 2, certainly not. We don't want to keep sinning. How shall we who, how shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us that were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore, we were buried through him, through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness of life. You know, when somebody gets baptized, that doesn't save you. That, you're showing that you've been 
dead and buried with Jesus, and you've been raised to newness of life. Now, guess what? The enemy comes to steal that newness of life. He wants to pull you back. He wants to take and pull you back to your old life. He wants to whip the chain, chain you back up, and bind you and bring you back. Don't let him. Don't let him. You know, many of us grab a hold of the chain, and then the chain grabs us. I'm going to pick on some things, and if that's you, just say, oh, me, or don't worry about it. But, you know, I address some things. Well, what do you mean? What do you mean, Pastor? Well, you know, uh, uh, smoking. You, you force yourself to smoke, and then you get addicted to it. You know, I, don't look at me like you never tried it. You know, you, <coughs> and you choke and turn green and your eyes water until you get used to it, and then you can't put it down. It becomes a chain. But you were influenced by somebody. You saw somebody do it, your parents, your, your cool uncle, you know, that had his hair, you know, just right or whatever. And you said, you know, I won't be like him. And so you start smoking and now you're addicted. It becomes a chain. Don't, don't look at me. I know we're all tempted by, by different things and we've all tried different things. But that's the world pulling on you and wanting to chain you up. I mean, we can name everything from drinking, but pornography, food, just television in general, uh, wasting life away, sitting there drooling, watching, you know, Homer Simpson or whatever. <laughs> All I've ever seen him is him drooling over donuts or something. All right, let's have some fun with this. Romans six twelve. Let me take my sheet with me. Listen, listen. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Leave it right there just for a second. Do Everybody read it with me. Do not let sin reign. Now, did God said he wasn't going to let sin reign? No, he said you do not. That means we got to do something about it. I mean, mama trained you to go without a diaper. So don't tell me you can't stop sin. Mama taught you how to walk. That's why you're not crawling. And mama taught you how to feed yourself. And if you're 35 and mama's still feeding you, shame on mama and you. Right? I'm a man. I feed myself. I'm a woman. I don't need it. So, so here, do not let sin reign. You got to stop it. You got to take authority over it. You got to, you got to uh, stop it so and that it should obey you. And lust is just strong desire. Not always about sex. I mean, I, you know, you got to have a cigarette, got to have a drink, watching pornography, or got to have some cake. Got to eat at five o'clock sharp. Bless God, food better be on table woman at five o'clock. I'm hungry. I'm hungry at five o'clock. That's all flesh. That's all strong desire. That's all, that's all you, not God. So, verse 13, and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness. It's talking to you. Don't present yourself to pornography. Don't present yourself to alcohol. Don't present yourself. 
Is, is, is alcohol going to send you to hell? No. And you, I, I only know a few people that can drink socially. That means without getting drunk. Because we live in America. And we take it to the extreme. I know I'm not the only one that sat down to eat a piece of pie and eat the whole pie. Huh? Oh, there's a little bag of Snickers bar. And you sit there and watch TV, eat the whole bag. You see, it, it, you, you, you got to control yourself, instruments of unrighteousness, sin. And yeah, you can't present yourself to pornography, alcohol. You've got to control yourself. Because you might can handle it, but what about your kids? What, what about, you know, uh, uh, the, you know, people have a wedding and reception and they want alcohol. And I always remind them, I said, man, if somebody got killed from drinking and driving at your wedding, what would that remind you every time your anniversary came around? Man. And I, I'm not harping. I'm, 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 I'm on my soapbox for a minute. Drink, like I say, a drink is not going to send you to hell. But the Bible says don't be drunk with wine. Why am I talking about that? Because it can become a chain. And you ever met somebody? <laughs> I'm not drunk. Remember that. We'll go back to that. Huh? You know, <laughs> well, am I? This is, I'm on my stump there for a minute. So, and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. I want to live righteous before God. I want to be right before God. I want to walk as right and upright as I can. And guess what? He will help us. He helps us. His grace empowers us, and His grace will remind you. The Holy Spirit will tap you. Watch out. Watch out. That's leading the wrong way. May not be nothing wrong with it for anybody else, but for me, not going to do that. Not, I'm not going that way. Not going to go that way. And so, so that's what the Holy Spirit's job is. We're going to jump to 14. We'll read 14 real quick. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law but under grace. So grace empowers us. Grace washes us. The blood of Jesus washes us from sin. And it empowers us to overcome sin. To overcome. And little things can be sin. You know, I, 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 you know, if you got a favorite basketball team, baseball team, football team, I had to quit watching football for a little while because I got aggravated at the coach and how they were coaching, and it was causing me to sin. I'm not watching that anymore. I get frustrated, mad. I'm getting into strife. He'd go down there and slap that guy. That's how easy it is, though, to step over into it. And you meet people that step over into it and they stay there. And they're cussing and yelling and carrying on and they're bound by their hatred over something that's supposed to be, you know, recreation. You ever met a hunter that not only liked to hunt, but that was his passion? Or a fisherman? I have fished with some fishermen. I'm like, dude, let's take a break. I mean, he just was not even all day. I said, like, man, this is a job. It's supposed to be relaxing. I'm going to sit in the back, and you, you catch one, I'll help you net it. I'm going to chill out. Yeah, anything become obsessive, and it becomes sin. We got to guard our hearts, y'all. 
So number two, we should be dead to sin and alive to God. Dead to sin, alive to God. And I'm telling you, there's some stuff that's hard to break off. And what's hard for you to break off may not be hard for somebody else. We're not, we're not the judges. And, you know, in this series, I've already gotten the, the next sermon. You know, we're called to be chain breakers. We're not just to, to walk free, but we're supposed to bring freedom to others. Okay? So Romans 6, 5, and we're going to read. Uh, look on the screen with me, the ESV, English Standard Version. What then? Are we to sin because we're not under the law but under grace? By no means. Same thing, but it's in a different translation. Do you not know that you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves? You are slaves of the one whom you obey. Either sin, which leads to death, or obedience, which leads to righteousness. What are you obeying? What are you doing in secret? What are you secretly obeying? So we got to guard our hearts. You got to turn your back to everybody to look at it. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves to sin became obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. So I want you to commit to this teaching. And let sin be broke off of your life. Because sin will pull you down. Sin will slowly start making you sick, slowly start making you depressed, slowly start putting you in bondage. It comes in. The Bible says the little foxes spoil the grapes. It's the little things that just stay there and play with and play with. I mean, you you ever seen anybody playing with a snake, blow up a balloon and and wave it in front of him trying to get the snake to strike? How many of you ever seen them bit because they're playing with a snake? That's sin. You can't play with sin. It'll bite you. You know, the Bible says, be sure your sin will find you out. I always like the children's version. Be, be sure your sin will find you out. Be sure your sin will find you ouch. That's the way I talk to kids because it will, it will burn you in the, and eventually catch up with you. So, so as we're looking at this, in verse 18, and having been set free from sin, say, I've been set free from sin. And I've become slave of righteousness. Now, now, listen, he says slaves here. We were slaves to sin, now we're slaves to righteousness. But I want you to look at what he says in verse 19. I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. God don't want you to be a slave to him. Even though Paul said to be a slave to righteousness, he goes, I'm speaking in human terms. Listen, quit excusing your sin. Well, we're all just human. Okay, I'm going to slap you because I'm just human. There's no excuse excuses excuses you hear them every day no there's an old song way back in the day about excuses why you're not serving god no there's no excuse is 
Paul, but Paul's saying, because you're immature and natural limitations, for just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity or slaves to sin and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, Isaiah said, Isaiah said, woe to the children that add sin unto sin. <clears throat> you know, and lawlessness to lawlessness. It's like, remember back in the day, hey, man, we're going to have a party. Who's bringing the beer? <coughs> Excuse me. Well, hey, well, I can't bring the beer, but I got some other stuff. And so you're adding sin unto sin, lawlessness, lawlessness unto lawlessness. And, and the end of it is destruction. The Bible says sin's fun for a season, but the end thereof is death. Come on. For just as you once presented your members as slaves of impurity and lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness leading to separation or sanctification that you're separating yourself to God. That's the fun part. You think drinking's the fun part, or smoking weed's the fun part, or, or cheating on your wife's the fun part, or cheating on your husband, but no, that's death. Listen, serving God and living for God's the fun part, because there's no, nothing in the world will fulfill you. If you drink a drink, you want another drink, and another one, and another one, and you just don't smoke weed one time and think, you know, I'm good. No, you don't want it tomorrow. But God said, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. To be filled with the Spirit of God. That's where life's at. That's where the victory's at. You, you know, people drink or, or do certain things to, or sit and watch TV. And just they're zoning out to forget their problems, forget their cares. Guess what? When you cut the TV off, your cares are still there. When you, put, when you get through throwing up in the commode from alcohol, your cares are still there. But God said, cast your cares on me. Cast your cares on me. There you go. Amen. That, that's what this is about. Is we got to get rid of some stuff. Amen? Because God wants you to go to the next level. I mean, this whole year, I just can't get off going to the next level. We want to go to the next level. We won't be the people God's called us to be. And you know what? You're not supposed to be like me, and I'm not supposed to be like you. You're you. God made you. So where are we at? Verse 19, verse 20. Back up to 19 just for a second. I'm sorry. Look at where it says right there, leading to more lawlessness. I wrote in my notes, more chains chains. Now, verse 20. For when you were slaves to sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at, uh, getting at that time when the things of which you were now ashamed? For any of those things are death. It's talking about sin. The end of sin is death. You know, we all have, we've all have had our conversations in time past, the Bible says, with sin. And some of us are more ashamed than others. But how many of you know Jesus bore your shame? That's right. And he's not condemning. See, that's the thing about it. When we miss it, we duck and hide and cover up and, 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 you know, and, and want to hide from God. Well, he already knows. And he's saying, come on up here and let me wash you off. But you know how we are? You ever skint your knee when you was little and mama wanted to clean it up? 
How many of y'all know what Macurecomb is? No, mama, I'm good. I'm good, mama. I'm good. Okay, I'm good. Methylate and, you know, and all that. I'm good, mama. Don't, don't, don't. And just let me wash it off. No, I'm good. But she's trying to help you. And God's trying to help you. And it hurts to be caught. And it hurts. To, it's a shame, overwhelmed. But God's not bringing the shame. There's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, whom God has made free from the law. Come on. And so, so God's not condemning you. He's wanting to clean you up. He's wanting to help you. So don't duck and chuck and hide and, you know, think that, you know, God knows, but he still loves. Isn't that awesome? But he doesn't want to leave you there. And so that's where we want to get to is changed. Verse 22, but now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and it's in eternal life. So separation from the world is what we want because we want eternal life. Amen? Amen. Not that we're earning. It's ours already, but God wants to separate you from sin so you can live an overcoming life. And you can be a beacon for somebody else. Where you can walk up to somebody and give them a hand and pull them up out of the muck and mire. I've been there, brother. Come on, go with me. That's what God wants. So we'll finish verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. I don't want to, I don't want any more sin. I don't want the, I don't pay me for sin. I don't want that payment. Amen? Amen? All right, number three. Unaddressed sin becomes a chain. So, so we're starting this series off and how to address things, and we'll come back to this every day because we need, to, we need to maintain our freedom, don't we? And so if you let something slip, let something go, and I'm not saying you got to get saved every Sunday. I'm not saying if you're in, in a movie theater and Jesus comes back, you, you're, not going to he- you he- you're not going to heaven. You're going to heaven. You hear me? You don't, salvation is of the heart, not of the flesh. Let's get it. It's of the heart, not of the flesh. But God wants to deal with our flesh so we can live a long time, so we can deal with things, so we can be an overcomer because guess what? Your flesh can hinder your spirit. Come on now. This is not in the notes. What you do in the flesh (coughs) will hinder your witness. What you do in the flesh can hinder the Holy Spirit in your heart. He's trying to show you things. How many of you know, what, what was your word? What was that word? Perspective. So that's what we're dealing about in number three right here. Perspective. How do you see yourself? Can you see yourself being clean? Can you see yourself being free? Are you looking at, is that the sin in your life? Are you a slave to sin? Are you still a slave to God? Because God wants relationship. Slaves don't have relationship. And, and some people get saved and they've been taught they need to be a slave to righteousness and they think they're having to work to get to heaven. You don't have to work to get to heaven. The work is keeping your flesh in line. 
for chewing some, you know, you want to chew somebody out or blow the horn at people that are driving 25 on a, in the 65 mile an hour zone. Even 50 in a 70, you're like, I know, let me talk this way a little bit now. <laughs> it's flesh. It's what it is. It's flesh. It's aggravating your flesh. And we have to deal with sin because it'll get bigger. You, have you ever seen those videos of people that have road rage and get out and bust somebody's windshield? It didn't start there. It didn't start there. It's unaddressed. It's unaddressed. See, 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 becoming an alcoholic doesn't start one day. Matter of fact, even trying it, you had to think about it first. It didn't just wave over you, I'm going to go buy some cigarettes. No, you saw somebody, and, and the eye gate, see, the eye gate is, the eye, and what you hear and what you see, and it compels your flesh, come try me. I ain't going to do that. I ain't going to do that. You know, I quit smoking in the fifth grade because I want to play basketball. And basketball, you know, smoking is to hinder your health. I knew enough about that. Yeah, but I saw somebody, and it drew me in. Let's, let's look at what the Word says in this. I, I'm giving you a lot of Scripture because this is the basis of, of how we live and why we live. But 1 John 1, 4 says, And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Say, I want my joy to be full. Living in sin, your joy ain't going to be full. You might be happy for a moment until, until you have to hug the commode, and it's your friend. Y'all think, I, but I'm being real, Amen. you know? And, and so let's look at verse 5. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Now stop right there. So what is saying, if we have fellowship with him and walk in dark, if we have fellowship with him and live in sin, didn't say we'd go to hell. Come on now. It said we're not practicing, we're not living right. We lie and do not practice the truth. We're supposed to practice the truth, believer. We're supposed to live in all the truth that we know, and it's hard. Because everything in this world is pulling you down. You watch the news and it makes you mad. You get on the highway and it gets you mad. You order an ice cream cone and they give you french fries at McDonald's and it makes you mad. Everything's trying to steal your joy. Go back to the first verse, that your joy may be full. The enemy's after your joy because there's strength in joy. God's strength is in joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So, so, look, if we walk in darkness, we lie. So let's start practicing. Say, I wanna pr I'm going to practice on purpose the truth of God. So go to verse 7. And if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. The blood of Christ Jesus cleanses us from all sin. That's where we want us to go. We want to walk in the light. And the more of us at Legacy Church that walk in the light, the more powerful our services will become. 
the more I walk in the light, the more powerful for God I become. But the more we walk in the light, the more powerful we come. We become. I mean, we started, we're already affecting our community. And they're not, there's not a few of us, but it don't take but a few. How we, we affect the community, how we represent ourselves in the community before God. And the more of us that produce the light and live in the light, the greater we become for God. And that's the only thing that counts. It's not about money and prestige and who you are. It's living for God. Because you're not going to stand before him as I told the youth and say, you know, I was a lawyer for you. I worked hard to become a lawyer. It took me nine years. Or you're like one school teacher I had. It took him eight years to become a school teacher. Eight years, seven years of college. I'm like, dude, and you're trying to teach? You can tell where his priorities were. <laughs> Verse 8, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Now, here's the key. If you want to be free from something, you got to recognize it. If you don't recognize it, you're blind to it. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I mean, I, I, I'm fine. I'm all right. I can get around. I mean, this ain't hindering me at all. I'm not drunk. I, I, I'm not drunk. Deceiving ourselves. Recognize what it is. And you know what? I don't get drunk. But I got other things that I'm dealing with. Because I have got past that. I'm still trying to, to, you know, reconcile and get things right with me. To go to the next level myself. There's certain things that don't even affect me anymore. You know, I, I dipped school since I was in the third grade. And when I was, got married, Lisa said, I don't think you ever quit that. And I told God, I said, I'm getting rid of this. I want to be a witness for you. I, I'm turning my whole life. I was saved, but I'm turning my, because nothing ain't going to send you to hell. It's just a nasty habit. Come on, get real with it. Your flesh is flesh. Your spirit is spirit. You can be born again and dip snuff. But it'll kill you. It also destroy your witness. And I said, Lord, I'm giving this up for you. I'm walking away from it. And he, he delivered me. He helped me. Ah. Want to finish this real quick. So, so where are we at? Verse 8. For if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So let's go there. Go back to verse 9. Are y'all ready? Bump somebody and say, get ready. Repentance. Repentance. Let's look at this real quick. If you don't recognize sin, then you're going to stay in it. If you want to be free from it, you got to tell God, I want to be free from this. 
I want to repent from it. Now, it says if we confess our sins, confession is recognizing that it's sin. Confession is saying, Lord, I have missed it. Repentance is saying, I am turning from it. And I'm going away from it. A lot of people get hooked on confessing their sin. Man, I just want to repent to you. Makes me feel good. I'm, I'm sorry I hit you, brother. I'm sorry I hit you, okay? I'm sorry I hit you. I'm sorry, okay? I feel good. I, re- I confessed it. And then I do it again. I haven't repented. I've confessed. That's right. Amen. And we get hooked on confession because it makes us feel good. Lord, forgive me. And I didn't hit him as hard as I did because it was getting sore because I hit in the same spot. I know I'd hit the same spot. I had a brother. <laughs> it's not just confessing our sins. It's turning from them. And it's getting into, you know, to, to be delivered from it. You got to turn from it. You got to recognize, wait a minute, I want to be free from that. And you turn from it. How do you, know, you know if you can't turn from something? Get rid of the TV. Wait a minute now. News is on there. How about deleting Facebook off your phone? Now you're meddling, Pastor. Huh? I mean, but see, it's like this friend of mine, uh, he, he got saved and, and he recognized that he'd been drinking for the last five years every night. He bought them little pony millers. Don't act like the pastor don't know what he's talking about. And he would set them by his chair and he'd watch TV and he'd drink those little millers and he'd go to bed drunk every night. And he started just by drinking one or two and, you know, and then it went, became every night. For five years. And he wasn't driving, wasn't going anywhere, it's just him. But he recognized, wait a minute, I'm an alcoholic. And when he tried to quit it, he got the DTs. And he came to church and said, Pastor, and I'm Pastor and I were in there, and he said, Don't y'all pray for me, because man, I, I didn't know how bad I was. I'm starting to get the shakes. And we prayed for him and God healed him. God delivered, but it started with him recognizing, confessing, repenting, and turning from it. There's some of y'all, I need to turn from your past. Mistakes you made, or you missed this or missed that. I can go through stuff, man, I should have bought this, I should have did that. I had stuff offered, you know, a job here, or, you know, that I turned down. Huh? You can't beat yourself up for mistakes you made. God ain't holding against you, and it doesn't matter if you're going the wrong way. God can turn you and put you on the right path. Don't care if you're 80. But you got to recognize and confess, and and he's faithful and just. Mm -mm. Y'all got a pen? I've added this to you right quick. Write these down. We're going to bounce through this. I got eight things I want you to write down. And then we're going we're gonna to land this airplane. We're circling the airport. Number one, define the sin. Own it. I mean, if you're wanting to kill yourself, what's making you want to do that? Own that. Get rid of it. It's not on the screen, so I'm just going to help you. Define it. 
You ready to go number two? Say yes. Ask God for mercy and forgiveness. Easy enough, huh? And here's the tricky one. Number three, avoid defensiveness. I didn't do it. I, I'm not that way. I'm not that way. That's pride. Being defensive. Don't you touch that sin. Don't you tell me that. That's the way people are, don't they? I'm not, I'm not drunk. Defensiveness. Number four, look to Jesus. The bloodshed. Man, there's power in Jesus. Am I going too fast? Number five, ask God to heal you. Come on, Lord, help me. Lord, heal me. Lord, strengthen me. Lord, help me to overcome this. I'm turning from it. Number six, ask God for refreshing. That's Acts 3.19. I'm going to read it to you right quick. Now it's time to change your ways. Turn to face God so that he can wipe away your sins and pour out showers of blessings to refresh you. Woo! Number seven, be thankful for his forgiveness and mercy. Praise him. Man, it's hard to praise God when you're guilty. It's hard to praise him when you feel beat down. Break those chains and praise him anyway. He's worthy. Break those chains. How many of you know it's hard to lift your hands? If you've never lifted your hands in a service, you know how hard that is? Your hands weigh 25 pounds. And you go like this, starting off. Hallelujah. 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 You know? I, I'm going to jump. See, I just jumped. Well, I'm getting free already. <laughs> Come on, you got to break the chains. You get, you know, it don't hurt the way you don't know, lift your hands. Ain't nobody looking at you anyway. They shouldn't be. If they are, shame on them. Where are we at? Number number eight. Resolve. Resolve. I'm gonna obey God. I'm gonna obey God. I don't care if you miss it when you walk out the doors. It's the, the Bible says the devil comes to steal the word. So when you walk out the door, somebody, he's going to get your part, you know, back up while you're trying to back up. He's coming after you. But resolve, no, not today, devil. Every day you need to wake up, not today, devil. This is not your day and tomorrow's not looking good either, devil. Talk to him. And you know what? You need to have a confession too. I'm not running from the devil. He's running from me. Because, see, that's where God wants to take us. Everywhere you go, the devil's running from you. Ducking, chucking, and hiding. I've walked into rooms and people left. And I didn't even know them. Not that they didn't like me. They didn't know me. But they had a spirit on them. That's, that's the place that God wants to take us. As we're writing, we're going to close with this. Relationship. Slaves. Servant. Child. Friend. 
Where are you at? Technically, you are a child of God if you are born again. But your mentality will keep you as a slave and you're not worthy to sit at the master's table. Miss June gave you the invitation, the invitation to sit at the master's table, to be the child of God, to be the friend of God. But most people will will leave from being a slave to a servant and they won't serve God and won't serve God and, and they think they have to earn their way. They're either not, there's Christians that aren't good enough or there's Christians that are serving God trying to get to heaven Oh, Lord, you know, healer, you know, she's a good servant of yours. And that ain't the reason God heals. It's the blood of Jesus that was shed at Calvary. Okay? We serve because we love. We serve because we love. I always use my mama. I help my mama because I love her. I don't have to help her at all. And I serve God because I love him. And it pleases him. And that makes me happy. But God wants us to be not only sons and daughters, but friends. Wow. Because you don't tell the slave what you're doing. You tell him to do it, and he don't get to ask. Don't even get to gripe about it. The servant can gripe about having to do it. But the child is in the family, sitting at the table, reaping the benefits. But the friend of God... God tells them revelation, things to come, the deeper things. Woo! If you look at your notes, the last scripture, Jesus said, I don't call you servants, I call you friends. Jesus said, I don't call you slaves, I call you friends. He said, I want you to step up and be my friend so I can reveal things to you and talk to you and show you things to come. Woo! And he said, you can ask whatsoever you will and it will be given to you because you're my friend. Oh, we got time to preach this. That's why we got four more Sundays. Are y'all glad about that? We're going to dive into this. We're going to break some chains off. We're going to be free. Because some of you dragging your, your, your husband around or your wife around or your kids around, you need to be free. Jesus said, be my friend. Let me show you. Let me help you with that. Tim's my friend. That's how come I can slap him. But he can call me and I'll go over and help him mow. Or if I say, I need to borrow your truck, come get it. He don't ask if I got a license. He don't ask if I have insurance. He don't ask if I know how to drive. Because we're friends. He said, just come get it. Friends, ask what you will. That's where God wants to take us. Amen. And I want to go there. How many of you want to go there? So bow your heads this morning. Let me ask you, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, if you don't know Him as Lord and Savior, you need to give your heart to Him. Because this is the beginning. This is a new day for you. And God's been knocking on the door of your heart. And you've just been playing in life without Him. So, y'all just bear with me with your head bowed. I bind the devil over you in the name of Jesus. I bind the devil over your thoughts. And I loose the Holy Spirit and angels to encamp about you because you're an heir of salvation. I'm talking to somebody specifically. Pray with me, saints. That you would receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. That you would open your heart 
to know him in a greater way. You're disillusioned with life. The only thing that matters is Jesus. You've heard about church and you've heard about this, but that's not Jesus. Because whatever negativity you have about church or about the Bible or about Jesus is not him. You don't know him. But God is specifically speaking to you today for you to know him and to open up your heart. He's beckoning you. Will you come? Will you be my child? Will you be my servant? No, will you be my child? Will you be my slave? No, will you be my friend? Will you give your heart totally to him? Just lift your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. Okay, I see that hand. Maybe you've been living for God, and you know what? We're starting this series. Maybe there's something that needs to be broke off of your life. God wants you free. Today is the day of new beginnings for me. And I don't care if you walk out of here and go back to doing what you do today. You've got to, you have got to set your heart. Today is the day of new beginnings. And I will resolve to be free in Jesus' name. If that's you, just lift your hand. I will resolve to be free in the name of Jesus. Today I resolve to be free. Amen, amen. So let me pray over you, Father. I thank you for the day of new beginnings. That we're free, Lord God, of those things that beset us, the things that hold us back. Thank you, Father, for the victory that's in the blood of Jesus, the victory that's in your word, the victory that comes, Lord God, by knowing you to be your friend. In Jesus' name. Now look at me. Look at me. Repentance is doing God's doing it God's way. That's why we come to church. We learn to do things God's way. Amen? Now, if you don't want to do it God's way, you're just, you're just wasting your time. Just being real. I'm glad you're here. I love you to be here. But we're here. I want to know God's way even more and deeper. Man, when I'm doing this, it's talking to me. I don't preach stuff that doesn't talk to me. If it ain't convicting me, it ain't worth preaching. You see what I'm saying? I'm convicted. I'm looking at the chains. I, I, and you know what? The devil wants to beat me down. Tell me, well, you're no good. You're no good. And look at that. You're not, you're not even good enough to be the pastor. That's a lie. He'd tell you, you're not good enough to be a child of God. You're not good enough to be a friend of God. He's a liar. Just resolve, I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to submit myself to Him. I, I Sure, I'm going to the same job, but I'm going to do it for God. Men, that's where change comes. That's where deliverance comes. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.